and he gave up the kingdom of God, he went out into eternity as one who knew who the Savior was. He knew what the cost would be, but he turned it down. And tonight, this rich young ruler is paying the price in a lost, hopeless eternity. Now, he acted out of a great degree of ignorance concerning the gospel. You'll notice in verse 18 that he came with the age-old assumption that he had to do something to enter the kingdom of God. He came asking, Good master, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak, and we have a brand new message today. It is on the rich young ruler who asked the question, Good master, what must I do to be saved? Well, he asked, the wrong question to the right person. And the Lord Jesus soon set him straight. But unfortunately, because the young man was very rich, he went away very sorrowful. That's our message. And we're turning firstly to Psalm 22. In the verse 18, we read, They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. And if you read Matthew 27, 35, you'll get exactly the fulfillment of that in history. The Lord Jesus, well, they gambled around the cross. They thought that they could somehow take that special garment that they might not have to rip it apart to spread it. So they gambled around the cross. Mr. Spurgeon said that the first Adam made us all naked, and therefore the second Adam became naked that he might clothe our naked bodies. What an amazing thing. The death of the Lord Jesus Christ on that cross, where he took our place, where he endured ignominy, shame, the condemnation of men, the uh, injustice of men, the malice of men, but also the wrath of God, that he might take our place, become our sin-bearer, and lead us all to Calvary. Oh, today I trust that you would come to Calvary. Are you still in love with your sin? Are you still in love with this world and all its iniquities? Are you like this rich young ruler that we're going to learn about today that was sorrowful he couldn't become a Christian because he was in love with his riches. What a great tragedy. And I trust that today that as you listen to our broadcast that you will be brought face to face with the sufferings of the Son of God, looking at the nail prints in his hands, seeing that precious blood that he poured out to save men from their sin. Now will you believe? Will you trust him? That is the great question that is before us here today. And I invite you to stay tuned with us as we come to the message of the gospel here on the station right now from the pulpit of our church as we turn to the rich young ruler who was very rich but went away very sorrowful. Amen. You may be seated. 
We're going to open our Bibles tonight at Luke chapter 18, and we'll read at verse 18. Luke 18, verse 18. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these have I kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. And when he had heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the, a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they that heard it said, Who then can be saved? And he said, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Then Peter said, Lo, we have left all, and followed thee. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house, or parents, or brethren, or wife, or children, for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time, and in the world to come, life everlasting." We'll end our reading there. May the Lord bless that word to your heart. This rich young ruler is a dramatic case of one who supposedly wanted to have eternal life, but refused to pay the cost. It all boiled down to money. The Lord called him to follow him on the terms of forsaking his riches. But he refused to give up those few earthly riches because he didn't really appreciate the riches of eternal life. And he gave up the kingdom of God. He went out into eternity as one who knew who the Savior was, he knew what the cost would be, but he turned it down. And tonight, this rich young ruler is paying the price in a lost, hopeless eternity. Now, he acted out of a great degree of ignorance concerning the gospel. You'll notice in verse 18 that he came with the age-old assumption that he had to do something to enter the kingdom of God. He came asking, Good master, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? And isn't that a common question that many ask? They think that they've got to do something, that salvation is by human effort and works. In verse 21, he claimed 
that he kept all the commandments. He said, All these have I kept from my youth up. What ignorance this young man displayed. He had no clue to the holy standard of the perfect law of God. And any man who thinks that he has kept all the commandments is really and truly and greatly deceived. In verse 23, he totally underestimated the value of heavenly riches. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. He could only think on terms of earthly riches, but could not think in terms of what riches are in heaven. And so he was unwilling to pay the cost. And this is an interesting question. What happens to those people who refuse to be saved? Now, there are many who reject and refuse the very claims of the gospel for their own reasons. Some do it because of friends. We heard tonight that becoming a Christian may well cost you your closest friends. Some do so because of pleasure. There are things that are pleasurable to the flesh, and they don't want to give them up, and so they won't become a Christian. Others do so for some particular outstanding sin. And so they go out into eternity rejecting the offer of salvation. They deny the opportunity to be saved, and they lose their souls. I would hope tonight that you would heed the Bible's warnings against this. And I want to convince you from this account of this rich young ruler that if it is riches that is preventing you from becoming a Christian, then you will be warned. And it will be a red flag that will show you your danger. And we will see from this ruler's decision that those who refuse the Lord Jesus as their Savior, they do so at great cost. There are a number of things in this account that we consider in this question. Firstly, he confirmed himself to be a materialist. That sounds ugly, doesn't it? It's an appellation or a name that I don't think you would like to have tagged to your life maybe on your Facebook page, materialist. It wouldn't sound good on your CV or your uh, work profile. A materialist. The thing that was between this man and discipleship for the Lord Jesus was great riches. Now, it says that he was very rich, but of course, that's always relative. If he was around today with the good things that you and I enjoy, he might not have been very rich at all. He obviously would have been above average, but he would never have driven a car. If he was a farmer, he would never have had a team of horses or a tractor or a combine harvester. He never had an oil rig that produced such bounteous riches as many have today. However, whatever possessions he had, he was greatly in love with them. And that's what a materialist is. 
someone that is greatly fascinated, obsessed, deeply moored to gaining more and more riches. Let me give you a little definition of a materialist. Materialist is a person who casts all hopes and dreams upon earthly objects and earthly securities. And so many spend their very best years accumulating riches and investments only to spend what are supposedly called the golden years fretting, worrying, and even making great clumsy mistakes to blow and lose it all. Are they really securities? I want to give you a few pointers here tonight on why materialism feels. And by the way, I never asked Alan about his testimony and the things that he said tonight about his earlier interest in riches as a, his personal obsession before I was led to preach on this tonight. Why materialism feels? Well, riches consume people's attention. That's the first thing. I heard a, on radio of a stockbroker and he was telling of his visit to hospital for a, a scan for his heart. He was having some chest pains and palpitations that he was concerned about, and while they were putting him through the stress test with the dye insertion and so on, what was he thinking? He was thinking about his investments. And at that hour, he ought to have been thinking about his soul, about eternity. And I can tell you that when you're in that hospital, and when you're in agony, there are many thoughts that go through a person's mind. And it may well be the time to prepare for eternity. But riches, or an obsession with riches, will delude and consume your mind. Riches can become your master and make you a slave. We read in Luke chapter 12 of the man who had a great harvest. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And of course, he was only making more work, more responsibility. And the Lord visited him and said, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Are you ready for eternity? Or have you made riches your obsession? Riches cannot satisfy the soul. I want to read to you from the book of Ecclesiastes tonight, way back uh, in the Old Testament, the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 10. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them with their eyes? The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much. But the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. There is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely, riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. But those riches perish by evil travail, and he begetteth a son, and there is nothing in his hand. 
And verse 15, as he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came and shall take nothing of his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. Take those words to heart tonight. These are the words of wisdom from God's book. The very thing that you set your heart upon, the very thing that you dream of and are obsessed of, is the thing that may destroy you. They will never satisfy your soul. Riches cannot give you comfort. On a hospital bed or a deathbed, what comfort can all the riches in the world give to your soul? Also, riches cannot save your soul. We're told in the Bible that we are redeemed not by silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Christ, without blemish and without spot. All the money in the world cannot buy your redemption. That was bought by the blood of Jesus shed on the cross. And that's why you need him as your Lord and your Savior. That's why you are to put money and riches in their proper place. We use them, but we don't become slaves to them. We don't allow them to get in our way of faith in the Lord Jesus. And I exhort you tonight, I plead with you tonight, don't do as this young ruler, who because he was very rich, went away very sorrowful and lost his soul, but rather come and believe in the Lord Jesus. Also, this young man confirmed himself in false religion because it was the Lord Jesus himself speaking to him who said, come and follow me, sell all that you have, give it to the poor, come and follow me. But he wouldn't do it. And therefore, he didn't have the Lord Jesus in his life. He had no and nothing of the Son of God in his life. He was now an empty religionist. Now, you would think that when people turn away from the Lord Jesus, that they would become totally irreligious. They would have no religion, but that's rare. Most people have some religion in their life. If it's not organized religion, then it's superstition. The fear of another power beyond them. All men, by nature, are religionists. And as the Christian gospel is neglected in this land or any land, other religions flourish. But the Lord Jesus insisted that he is the only way. And so he confirmed, this young man confirmed himself in false religion. Jesus is the only way. He's the life, the truth, and the way. You cannot be saved any other way. So therefore, to reject him leaves you in false religion. All other ways lead to destruction. He that hath the Son hath life, but he that hath not the Son hath not life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. That's in John 3:36. Now, do you take that to heart tonight? Do you realize that to say no to the Lord as your Savior, to have rejected the Son, is to be constantly, daily, and in eternity under the wrath of God? Could that be the state of your soul tonight? 
That's why we use this young man as a warning, a red flag. Don't do what he did. Don't follow his path.
me ask you just a few questions as we think about that rich young ruler, the one who was so fixed on earthly possessions that he had no interest on the heavenly. He thought that he was able to keep all the commandments. Do you think that? That from your youth until now you have kept every one of God's commandments? That is absolutely impossible. Everyone is a lawbreaker. You break one commandment, you break them all. You even think the thought of murder, that is equal to the act. Jesus said, if you look upon a woman to lust after her, you have committed adultery in your heart. And so that condemns each and every one, because who has ever been free from such thoughts? Under This man also underestimated the value of heavenly riches. He thought so highly of his earthly things that he didn't really comprehend the meaning of life with God, eternal life, life in the perfect world with Jesus glorified. These are the things that make us rich toward God. Then the question, what happens to people who refuse to be saved? Some, as we noted, because of friends that are ungodly and worldly, well, they're lost. And if you choose to please a friend rather than have Christ as your Savior, then you're lost. Some choose to put off salvation because of the love of pleasure, and they want to enjoy the vices and the sins of this world, which they know they would have to give up if they became a Christian, and their choice is to choose pleasure. Some for some particular pet sin, some vice, something that really is your master that you cannot be free from. And in that way, you are a slave to sin. Therefore, everyone is called to repent, turn from their sin, flee to the Lord Jesus, who can give you the victory and who can give you the power to become a Christian. Now, would you want to be called a materialist? Would you want to put that on your Facebook, a materialist? No, 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 no. You want to be one who's right with God, living for eternity. Riches can become your master and make you a slave. We noted that again in this message. I hope that today that you see what riches, what earthly love of pleasure or money is doing to you, and that you need to come today to Trust the Lord as your Savior. Do not be like this rich young ruler who went away sad. And Jesus loved him. And I assure you that there's a welcome for you today if you will come and put your trust in the Son of God. Thank you for listening in. Stay tuned for the final announcements. And, of course, join us again tomorrow as we let the Bible speak. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca. CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. 
We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music